Welcome to Through the Trees. I'm Ollie. And I'm Tash. This podcast is all about environmental issues and climate change. Each week we're going to be taking you on a journey and discussing the key topics which are currently affecting the world. Our aim is to raise awareness and inspire others to make small changes in their lives which will ultimately lead to big differences. Let's get started. Tash, we're on to episode three. Woo! That's good. I have to say, I'm really sorry to our one or maybe two listeners now uh, that we had a week <laughs> off. It wasn't my birthday. I decided um, we weren't going to do the podcast. Yeah, which is fair enough, I think. Really. Yeah, I mean, turning 13 COVID's great. It, yeah. I mean, you don't really do anything. You can't go out, but yeah, for, fancy, the, fancy the week off. Anyway, how have you been, Tash? Yeah, I mean, good. Thank you. Enjoying all the snow. Yeah, the snow was interesting. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad it's gone now, but yeah, that was really interesting. I know, because I would have thought with climate change, it you would actually get less chance of snow, but it just seems we're getting more of it. Well, yeah, it, it is an interesting thing because a lot of people, it's like a common misconception that climate change means the earth is warming, therefore you shouldn't get any more snow. But realistically, mm. what it means is you're going to get two extremes of weather. I mean, uh, look at Germany, right? What's happening in Germany? Germany, they had like... Minus double digits. Oh, really? Really oh, bad snow. Brisk. I think at one point I read they had 30 inches of snow. 30, three zero. Yeah, three zero. Oh my God, that is awful. Imagine if we had that here, everything would just come to an absolute stop. And we have a slight bit of rain and a everyone just drizzle, stops. A slight <laughs> drizzle. Yeah, it's, it is mad, but it's because of the polar vortex and the disruption that climate change is causing, it then creates a knock-on effect where the jet stream, which sits around the Arctic Circle, gets disrupted. And this leads to cold air basically sitting on top of the UK, and that's what's driven the cold weather and why we've got the snow. So if you mm. think about it like this, okay, think like there's a circle which just flows around the Arctic, uh, literally the Arctic Circle. Yeah. That's your jet stream. Okay. If you get warm air that disrupts that and makes it all wavy... The cold air can then escape outside the circle and then sit over the top of the UK and then we get really, really cold weather. Yeah, so I, I get that bit when it comes down. So is it just a case now that it will be, it will sort of, we won't get more of it, but or we, do you think we will? I'm not we too. might do. I mean, looking forward, climate change will definitely show that we'll have more extremes of weather. We'll have hotter summers and potentially colder winters. Or at least they'll have a lot more rain. But who knows? I mean, what I'd like to think is we're doing enough right now to you know mitigate the risk of climate change. And there's enough going in with COP26 happening, the US coming back to the Paris Climate Agreement. Hopefully we might be able to do enough that it will stem the flow of this. And, you know, we can get back to a more stable climate. Well, I was reading up over in, just because you mentioned the US and talking about all this weather we're having, about Texas at the moment. Oh, Texas is bad. They've had some really bad weather. I always and wondered, did, did Texas, sorry to interrupt, but I've wondered if Texas actually snowed before. Like, have they ever experienced that? Because it's really hot in Texas all the time, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Every time you think of Texas, you've always like cowboys and obviously uh, rodeos and everything. Just wild west and, in your head, isn't it? Yeah. So it's always like a very dusty sort of plane. And do you think that they would get really cold? So potentially, you said maybe snow. Some people may not have seen it before. I think it's really interesting that you've got 30 people or so which have died as a result of the cold weather. Yet there's a lot of people in the US that still don't believe that climate change is a real thing. I mean, it's on your doorstep. Yeah. Surely that's enough evidence for you to go, okay, 
this is a real thing and we need you, to do something about it and when you have the science there as well explaining it all and you're seeing things like i was reading the other day about all the turtles in um, texas how they're getting all like cold shock and so it brings on like a set of paralysis and everything as well and they can't eat they're very lethargic and there's this huge rescue program on where they said they've never rescued so many turtles from the cold and they've got a warehouse just thousands of them is that when they get like as uh, either adults or young I can't remember but they get really disorientated and they can't navigate or something like that or is that something different um no it is part of it and it affects all age groups so basically it's just when they get so cold it's a bit like us like when any animal or living being gets really cold you can't think straight you feel really lethargic you start losing a sense of direction there are these great people out there that are going out and actively finding them or getting reports of them and bringing them to this warehouse and keeping them warm and keeping them fed and yeah it just shows how it doesn't just affect people it's affecting everyone yeah as you said if it's on your doorstep it's you know numbers are so high and it just reminds me of if you think back to last year you had in australia and in the us and california you had the really huge forest fires and it was like worse than they've ever seen ever before and i can't remember seeing all of these images of baby koalas getting rescued from trees yeah loads of people having their homes destroyed and it was just such a horrible sight to witness and you think Surely now everyone's got to be on board with climate change and realising this is a real thing. Well, I think that fire they were talking about in Australia, that went on for months, didn't it? Yeah, like three you. months or so, only six months, and it's starting up again yeah. now. It's, uh, well, it's definitely starting, not in uh, California yet, it's in Australia. Yeah. But it's in Perth, isn't it, yeah. at the moment? And, and that's the thing. Are we just going to cycle through this every single year? So you're going to get massive forest fires, which are just going to be bigger than the last year, you know, bigger hurricanes, more extreme weather, and... I mean, if this isn't enough, what is? Exactly. I mean, and again, it's just sort of whole forest fires. Florida, we were saying as well, and people are still saying that climate change doesn't exist, but you, people are dying from it. And mm. these fires, they just couldn't put them out. But there are some people out there that are doing some, like, great work. Well, it's interesting, though, because what I wanted to say quickly was, if you look at COVID-19, obviously it's been a horrible year or so uh, yeah it's been a horrible year i mean with restrictions and i can understand so many people are bored to the back teeth of covid19 now mm. and we've had so many deaths across the world i think the last time i looked it was 2.36 million but mark cool. carney from the uh who is now the un envoy on climate change he used to run up uh, used to be the head of the bank of england um He actually has predicted that if we don't do anything about climate change now, by 2050, we will see the same death toll from COVID-19 every single year. So between two to three million people are going to die from climate change. And this could be everything. So if you think about it, obviously an increase in climate change, this is going to lead to huge food shortages. And if we've got food shortages, that means livestock's going to have food shortages. That means that's more food shortages for the human race. You're going to have the death of vast ecosystems, which is always going to have a knock-on effect. You're going to have a rise in diseases, so you're going to have new variants of COVID. More, yeah, more and it's just like going to go. Yeah, it's going to keep going, and it's going to get worse and worse and worse. You're going to have more forest fires, more extreme weather, more hurricanes. This is only going to get worse. We have to take action on it now. Yeah. But it's interesting because governments are pouring millions and trillions i mean look at the us they poured three trillion into a stimulus package just to make sure that everyone you know and quite rightly i'm not saying this is the wrong thing at all but all of the us citizens had enough money to get by their businesses you know could stay afloat um and support was given where support was needed yeah 
But if you really think about it, if we don't tackle climate change, you're just going to be putting out these fires every single year. Well, it's just very short term um, sort of fix, isn't it? Whereas you're not thinking about the long term. The whole thing with COVID was obviously the main point of it was when obviously animals and people sort of got a bit too close to each other's sort of habitats and then there was sort of cross-contamination. And obviously if climate change happens and forests and, well, and other animals climate change is happening it's not an event that's going to suddenly turn no, I know, I know. I meant <laughs> oh it's coming winter I'm, is coming <laughs> I meant more obviously the worse it gets yeah and more habitats are destroyed then obviously these instances are going to get more and more and the government can't just bail out to people every single year and put loads of funding into it because it's money it doesn't grow on trees and this is a funny mm. thing you're, you're completely right because the short-term support that you're giving to all of these nations right now yes it's needed but if we don't look at the bigger picture all we're going to be doing is putting out these little fires year on year on year without actually tackling the root cause of this and actually mark carney came out with a really interesting thing he said the answer to all of this is you know to tackle climate change and everyone wonders where is this money going to come from where are we suddenly going to get these trillions and trillions of dollars which we're going to be able to you know retrofit all of the technologies that we've suddenly got in place, we're going to be able to install renewable energy, power stations, whatever it is. Well, actually, if you look at the private sector, there's $170 trillion, which is waiting to be invested, basically. Yeah. Um, if people were to invest in green energy, you're going to get more jobs. You're going to get an exponential growth of new products, so on and so forth. It will just be a huge... It'll be the second industrial revolution it will be brilliant the main issue that everyone looks at right now is china everyone thinks that china being one of the big players on the world stage that's where that's the root cause of all climate change and if we sort china out then the rest sort of falls into place suppose there is some semblance to that however realistically we all have a part to play in this and actually if you look at china yes okay they draw 70 percent of their energy from fossil fuels which needs to change but they have committed to going carbon neutral by 2060. And that's a really big thing for China to say. Big thing for China. It, yeah. But they actually produce 60% of the glo- global solar panels. Oh, really? Yeah. That's brilliant. They're also the largest producer of electric cars. So they are doing hmm. some things right. And they are, you know, starting to get their ducks in a row. But if you think they are a giant nation. But they do export a lot of their produce out. And maybe if the demand is out there for, obviously, you know, fossil-fueled sort of products or fossil-made products, then that's what they're going to supply. So you can't really blame a country for wanting to grow, really. But you're completely right. Where where you've got the demand, you're going to see that growth in that sector. And if it's cheap to do and you can make money, of course they're going to do it. Yeah. But if you actually look at stuff close to the home, there's a lot that we can do here in the UK. So look at your financial institutions. This is something that was pointed out to me last week and it was really interesting to listen to. If you think where you put your money, so your current account, your pensions, yeah. savings account, anything like this. <laughs> Tell me about pensions. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> but wherever you put your money, those banks and building societies will obviously be utilising that money and doing investments to obviously generate profits and funds and so on and so forth. If you look at where they're putting their money, it can be quite interesting because a lot of them are investing in fossil fuels. So if we then all decide to take our money out of these institutions and put them into more ethical institutions and more ethical banks who refuse to invest in fossil fuels and, and are only investing in you know, environmentally mm. friendly products, 
then suddenly you'll see a huge dynamic shift. I think I'm, I'm so naive in that sense because every time obviously you go to put you put your money in your bank and you get your bank balance out and you see it on screen or on your phone, you kind of forget that it's not actually held as like in a safe or anything like that or in a bank. It's actually invested. And I never really thought of that before sort of the other week or so. Yeah, to be fair, neither have I. Mm-hmm. And that's really bad because I've worked in a financial institution for a long time. I know, well, even like, as you were saying, like pensions, how many pensions have got ethical funds or are they all in other like fossil fuels? And it's, you need to look into it a bit more, I think. As, I think we as a nation need to. Definitely. But it's quite mm-hmm. interesting because if, looking at what the UK government are doing at the moment, the UK government has said that they are planning to spend two to three billion on carbon neutral technologies sounds like a lot of money it does sound like a lot of money however they're also planning to spend 27.4 billion on road development uh road development yep in what sense or just sort of are they making more ethical sort of roads nope just more roads Oh, okay, so they're going to destroy the environment to make more roads. Ten times what (laughs) what they've planned to spend on carbon-neutral technologies, they're going to spend on more roads. And the reason they said is, well, then we'll have less congestion and then, you know, the the carbon impact will be less. That's that's an absolute fallacy. Well, if we're all planning to go electric anyway, then surely it wouldn't really make a difference if there was congestion or not because the cars are electric well it was quite interesting because there was an environmental consultant the uh, transport for quality of life and they actually came out and did a little study and said if all of these roads in this 27.4 billion development actually get made and everything that will negate about 80 percent of the progress made if we all went on to clean cars yeah so if we all went on to electric cars all of this road development the the emissions that will be generated from it we'll only get 80% of the progress. I mean, what's the point? I know. It's like one step forward, two steps backwards. It's ridiculous. Well, as I said, only, it may, obviously, they said it sounds like a lot of money, that two or three billion they want to put into the environment. But it's then when paper you, money. Yeah, but then when you tally that up against how much they're going to spend on making new roads. Here's another interesting fact, though, and this is growing, this has been gathering a lot of pace recently. Anyone that lives around the M25, and especially within the M25, so in the mm. London area, because the emissions you're getting a huge rise in people getting adult-onset asthma. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, And this is Is generated because of all of the emissions, the cars on the road and everything else like that, that we're all now going to get asthma and we're all having breathing problems. It's... I mean, I mean, you can see it really if you go out walking. Like, if you walk down the road and you see, obviously, you know, you sometimes have a black breeze um, growing on the side of the road, they're always a lot smaller and always a lot sort of more brown than the ones if you go into a field not near you know, I've never noticed that have you not I'm no I have that's a really good point yeah if anyone's out there have a look and you will notice they just don't look as nice as if you go to a field okay I think we're getting a little bit doomy gloomy here so come on tell me some of the good stories that you've heard about this week good story wise um, I actually read this great study about blue whales and how they've realised obviously there are some people out there that really want to do good and they've decided to do a study and see how our boats and how the emissions from our boats affects the blue whales so they've tagged about 15 blue whales over in sort of um, Chile way and sort of just watch their patterns and see what can influence them what can sort of divide family groups in a study so they can actually make more economical boats that will obviously not disrupt any of their sound communications at all yeah. which is really good so they're really looking out for them that is really it's good not one. many people do think of the sea mm-hmm. no especially noise pollution in the sea is not something that a lot of people think about yeah 
But I'll tell you what has been really cool is uh, on the Isle of Man. They've started a project, and this has been going for a couple of years now. It's the People's Wood. Oh, okay. So they're planting, <laughs> planning to plant 85,000 trees. And, yeah, don't, don't, yeah. don't make a joke out of it. Um, so it's 85,000 trees, and it's to represent one tree for every resident of the Isle of Man. And it's their way of combating carbon emissions. So oh, wow. this will, what they're hoping is, one, it's obviously going to improve quality of life for everyone there. It's going to improve the wildlife. It's going to improve the ecosystems. And more more than anything else, it's just going to look great. Yeah. And if it, if you're surrounded by natural beauty, your mental well-being is going to just be drastically improved. Oh, I think everyone feels that way. I mean, if especially when... I think everyone really appreciates now going out for walks and just their natural wildlife around them. So the fact they're doing that in the Isle of Man is great. And it'll bring a community together as well. Something can kind of unify everyone. Yeah. Tell you another thing which has been yeah. brilliant. Denmark's Energy Island. Oh, I've heard about this. This that is looks really amazing. exciting. I'm, I'm, I really, I'm really excited by this. Um, so, if you haven't heard, Denmark are creating their first floating island, which is uh, as part of their w- offshore wind turbine program. It is aiming to be about 18 football pitches big, which is 120,000 square meters, I think. Um, but they're aiming to increase this threefold in the coming years. It's a 24 billion pound project so this is going to generate roughly about three gigawatts of energy and now to put that into perspective across europe combined right now there is 12 gigawatts of energy which has been generated by wind so another an extra three is obviously brilliant but with this increase of threefold to the energy island it could be potentially up to 10 and that i mean it's enough to generate 3.6 3.6 generated power for 3.6 million homes that is incredible and i was reading it as well actually and i know they were saying if it does sort of work well initially they're going to try and link it so they can reach more countries and really expand yeah so it could well. offer power to the uk germany and netherlands that is incredible isn't yeah. it what people can do when you put your minds to it okay my last thing <laughs> i'm really excited about this as well is extreme e <gasps> Oh, okay. What's Extreme E? Extreme E is a basically like a spin-off of F1. Oh, okay. Which is really exciting. So it's a new new form of motorsport, and it's all electric. There is currently three uh, former world champions: Jensen Button, Lewis Hamilton, and Nico Rosberg, who are all uh, got their own teams. Um, you're driving cars which generate roughly around 550 brake horsepower, and the aim of the whole thing is just to raise awareness of climate change and the and the effects so what they're planning on doing is holding races all around the world but in the climate stricken areas where it where it's been hit the most where you're seeing deserts expanding where you're seeing massive amounts of drought like in the amazon where you're seeing yeah. huge amounts of deforestation that's where so, they're going to have a race yeah because actually i did watch this as well and they were saying they're going to build the track and i know obviously first there's always going to be criticism about well you're doing it in the amazon so you're building a track there but they're actually um doing a whole replantation aren't they sort of yep. project on the side of it so for all of their donors all their supporters as well and for every sort of tree that would have been in that area that was deforested they're going to do another section and helps to reforest the other part of it it just seems like a motorsport and a, a, you know a new cut of motorsport which is definitely for today's world it's going to have for every team they have to have one male and one female driver oh brilliant good for girls you can't segregate so it's not girls versus boys or whatever but everyone has to have both and this is the whole point to say look it, in motorsport 
there isn't a physical element to this. Mm. Girls are just as good as guys. I don't know why they're not in F1 right now, because they should be. I mean, Susie Wolf. I know she only got like two attempts in a Williams car, but she's a brilliant driver. And there are so many young, obviously, guys that go into these F1 cars, and they're so complicated, so difficult to use. Oh, God, yeah. I think everyone agrees that going in it twice doesn't really give you too much of an opportunity to get to know it well. It's obviously, I know they're going all around the world and doing this, and it looks brilliant, but how are they actually getting the cars to these places? Are they flying them because... No, because they're, be... they're going to use a boat. Oh, okay. So they've bought themselves a boat, uh, and they're repurposed. I think it's called a St. Helena, and it's this giant boat, which is going to double up as a research vessel. So they're going to have scientists on board and they're going to be doing research on the effects of climate change as they travel around the world. Currently, all of the cars are on the way to the first race on the boat right now. The boat itself isn't electric, but it does have a massive sign on the side saying not electric yet. Oh, so they're obviously looking into it. Yeah, definitely. But this is the thing. If you having former world champions who have got a lot of clout in the world, I mean, I Lewis Hamilton has got millions and millions and millions of followers. If he is behind, you know, uh, climate change and making sure that we are changing the way we're living and how we're thinking, I'm really hopeful that people will, you know, look at that as an example and then fall into place behind. Well, they are. I mean, instead, like, the three drivers are such great sort of role models. They're all, especially said like, Lewis Hamilton, everything he stands for. And he's such, like, the world's number one driver at the moment. So instead, if they're getting behind it, then really it just means everyone else can as well. Sorry, so we should actually to. say Sir Lewis. Oh, is he actually been knighted now? Yeah, been knighted. Oh. And that should have been done a long time ago. But to be fair, everything he's done, especially in the Black Lives Matter movement, it's just been fantastic. Yeah. The guy's a huge role model. Oh, he is. Absolutely legend. Not, not to say it, Jensen, if, you know, yeah. <laughs> hypothetically, if you are listening, you're still brilliant. He's our one listener. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, I, I, yeah, I fully support Lewis Hamilton. I think what he's done for the sport, uh, it's just brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely Someone brilliant. to aspire to. So I think that's kind of it for us this week. What mm. is going to be our tip of the week? Ooh, I'm not sure. Have you got any ideas? Well, I kind of like to go back to what we were talking about earlier about where your money sits in these financial institutions. I think if you want a little exercise, just have a look at where your bank invests money. Mm. So, for instance, if you bank with Lloyds or you bank with Santander or whoever it is, just have a look. See where they place their investments. And it, it may not be the easiest thing to find out straight away, but try and dig a little deeper. Absolutely. I think if you are unsure, you can always talk to a qualified advisor who will be able to help you sort of move your money into the best areas. But I would definitely be having a look at mine because I had no idea about this till a couple of weeks ago. But this is how we can all play our part. These little steps. Yeah. It comes back to the whole thing about demand, doesn't it? Exactly. If there's if there's no demand, then there won't be any there won't be any service. That's yeah. it. Okay. PM. Well, thank you very much for all for listening. Yeah, I hope you've you. enjoyed our ranting for the last half hour or so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and join us next week, and we will definitely come back to you next week with more of climate change news. Ooh, thank you. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.